It's the Only One Shot Golf Podcast, and I'm your host, Jim Gallagher Jr. I've taken a few weeks off. I've been busy with Golf Channel duties and uh, getting back to doing some podcasts. Wanted to let the college season go by. We uh, last did a podcast a few weeks ago with uh, the Cincinnati men's golf coach. That's Doug Martin. Played on the PGA Tour with me. Wonderful guy. An incredible uh, playing career. Wanted to see who was maybe going to make it to Greyhawk, who wasn't. Unfortunately, his team did not get out of the regional. Made a valid run uh, out in Vegas. They played solid, but... uh, uh, pretty cool uh, to be part of that the last couple of weeks. Florida, I just finished up with that. Uh, Florida, the national championship on the men's. And, of course, Wake Forest won on the women's side. But today I've got a member of that Wake Forest women's golf team, and that's Rachel Keene, All-American for four years, Arnold Palmer Cup, Curtis Cup, you name it. She's been all part of it, all ACC. Grew up in a very competitive athletic family. Her mom, Brenda, was an All-American Hall of Famer at Wake Forest, an incredible career. So uh, I can't wait for you to hear the stories and what it's like to win a national championship uh, in, in Rachel growing up, an incredible player, and, and some of the pressure she's dealt with. But uh, let's get Rachel on the line, and I look forward to today's podcast. It's going to be a good one. Well, folks, this week's guest I mentioned is uh, Rachel Keene. She's a member of that national championship team. Well, from Wake Forest, welcome, Rachel, to the podcast. What a cool thing, national champions. Yeah, it was honestly such an exciting week and um, very rewarding to see kind of all of our hard work come to fruition that week. But I, honestly, I don't even think it's sunk in. So hearing you say that is, is so special and it's still giving me goosebumps. I was just about to say, has it sunk in? You've only had a week. It's kind of hard to do, but it's been a goal of your team, and, and I've – I interviewed a couple of y'all, and I think the best thing that was said, the difference from your team over the years, you've grown up as a team. Uh, what, what do you mean by that? When you, uh, in those past three years, y'all, y'all been great, but what, have you mean, what did it mean by just growing up as a team? Yeah, you know, I think everyone on our team has matured, and I think that showed, you know, first off in our team chemistry, we just, we are all so close, and we all just really enjoy each other, and, um, I also think we, we really just cherish this opportunity to play one last tournament all together because we're losing um, two of our starting five for next year, um, which is, is sad, but it was great to send them off on a, on a very, very high note. Um, and I also think there was, you know, everyone's matured on the golf course, you know, and our mindset and how we respond to adversity. And um, we all just handle things a little more professionally than we did the year before. And, um, you know, I think that there's been a lot of hard work put in on everyone's part to, to get to where – um, where we were last week, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what was the ride home like with the trophy? Tell me that was had to be the most awesome. It probably hadn't sunk on it at, at that point. What was that ride home like? Oh, my gosh. It was absolutely incredible. Honestly, we, we, we just really enjoyed each other's company. We hung out. We sang karaoke. We played cards and just really celebrated and um, enjoyed the moment. Because, like I said, we have two, two girls on our team that – aren't coming back. So we knew it was going to be one of our last times being all together, the, the six of us. So um, we really did just enjoy each other and enjoy the moment and tried our hardest to appreciate the week that we just had. How do you separate? Cause golf is such an individual sport and you're such a competitor and you get that honestly, but uh, how do you separate? <laughs> <laughs> we know what we're talking about. We'll get to that in a moment, but uh, what, how do you separate being an individual and playing for a team, because chemistry has to come naturally. It's not ever forced. How, how, does, how does that happen with y'all being so close? Yeah, you know, golf is so interesting, right, because it is an individual sport, like you said. And, you know, the NCAA in college athletics has tried to make it a team sport. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I, it, it is interesting because there's an aspect of, okay, the better I play as an individual, the more I can help my team. So there's definitely that, that mentality to it, but there's also, you know, uh, a pushing your teammates to be the best that they can be. And they're pushing you to be the best that you can be. And you kind of have to feed off that, you know, you can't just go about your business with your head down and expect that your team's going to go play great every tournament. You have to bring the best out of your teammates. And like you said, chemistry is so important because we have that organically. We're really lucky that we have a group of girls that just really gel together. And you did um, it, and you did and it in the Curtis Cup teams as well. I mean, that's the amazing yeah. part because that's even different because you're not together all the time. You know, those team events, it's amazing. I know you've been part of that. What was the Curtis Cup uh, experiences like for you? Curtis Cups, were, they were, oh, my gosh, some of my favorite memories. Um, but like you said, it's, it's so different, right, because the girls that I'm used to playing against, not with. Yeah. So we kind of have to find something to bond over. And for us, obviously, we're all from the same country. And we all want to go and we all want to put points on the board for our country. And, and I think that was so important to my Curtis Cup teams. And the same thing for Wake is finding what brings you together. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a school or a country or whatever, but you just have to find that common thread. And I've been really lucky that all the teams I've been a part of have found that. Yeah, you really have. And, and, and we mentioned teams and people you played against. You and Stanford, uh, both your teams, Wake Forest and Stanford, were the two everybody talked about the entire season. Uh, and you stood out. I mean, you, LSU was up there too, but you all had, had so many expectations put on you from not just yourselves, but also, you know, from everybody else, me, the media. How did you all deal with those expectations as a team? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that. We kind of felt like almost at Stanford was, was kind of – everyone kept saying that Stanford was in a league of their own, and, and we were maybe a close second. Um, but I, that definitely lit a fire under us because we believed that when we had our A game, we could compete with anyone in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we almost put those expectations on ourselves more so than outside expectations imposed on us. We knew that when we have our A game, we can go compete for a national title. And um, so I think that we weren't quite as concerned with the outside expectations of, oh, Stanford and Wake Forest. We were more concerned of, we know we can do this. You know, how do we go and maximize all the work that we put in and the hours we put in and maximize our abilities to go hopefully bring home a trophy. And, um, you know, for us, it was was knowing that we, we prepared the right way. You know, we had two incredible coaches that have spent hours and hours and hours thinking of the best way to prepare for Greyhawks. And so we had to go in and rely on that preparation and also rely on, like, the right mindset. And again, coming together as a team to hopefully bring home that trophy. And, you know, luckily it worked out. How rewarding was it to finally win one for Kim Llewellyn and uh, Coach Potter? Oh, I they were both in tears, oh, um, which is – uh, I, I, I just so deserving, both of them. They're they're incredible coaches, and they complement each other so well. We are so lucky to have two unbelievable coaches, and no one deserves this more than they do. We talked about those expectations of the team. How about your own? Because uh, you have expectations, obviously. How do you handle that? For, for our listeners, there's a lot of young players that listen to this, a lot of junior golfers, some trying to go into college, even college players. How do you, Rachel Keene, deal with those personal expectations? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's hard, right, because – I, I like to think of myself as, as having the ability to compete with anyone. And it is hard when the stakes get raised a little bit, a national championship or, you know, it doesn't matter what the tournament is, right? It mm-hmm. just matters that you want to go out and you want to be your best. And unfortunately, the reality with golf is you don't always have your A game. Um, and and it is, it's hard. Uh, it is really hard. And it's something that I've had to learn um, 
how to how to respond to not playing my best round and how to respond to disappointment. And um, it's just, I think, something that comes with experience. You know, unfortunately, there is no substitute for both positive or negative experiences. My, my parents always used to tell me that after every round, the good and the bad, you could, we would always talk about what I learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's about strategy. Sometimes it's about putting. Sometimes it's about mindset. And sometimes it's, okay, well, I didn't play well. How do I move on? And for me, it was, you know, making a list of, okay, I didn't do this well today. This is what I need to improve at. And I approached it from a very logical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and I continue to do that to this day. I, I'm very much um, a realist about my golf game. I, when I, you know, drive it well, I told myself, yep, you know, I drove it well. And sometimes I don't putt well. And next thing I do is next day I go hit the putting green. Um, so for me, I, I'm very practical with my analysis of my golf game. And I think that's kind of how I deal with those expectations in the background that's some great advice you come from a very athletic family multiple sports from golf baseball tennis basketball we can go down the list but you were a tennis player as i recall i think your mom told me you played tennis mm-hmm. uh did playing tennis or playing those other sports did that help you with your golf absolutely um i, I was raised in a family like you said i grew up playing everything um and as i got older it kind of weeded down to just golf and tennis um i think any other sport, not just tennis, can, can teach you obviously how to be competitive and how to respond to, uh, you know, challenges and adversities and being down in a game or down in a match, whatever it is, um, which I definitely think obviously applies to golf. Um, but what was really nice for me was my summer schedule was always so busy and filled with golf. And then fall rolled around, and that was tennis season. So I put the clubs up for a couple months, and I might practice once every two weeks. But really, it was time for me to focus on tennis, and it gave me a chance to step away from golf and almost fall back in love with it when it came time to pick it back up again, because I think without that, I definitely would have gotten burned out in high school. Um, So it gave me a really good balance with my time. I found. Don't you think it's so important to take some time off just the mental side? You just mentioned that because you see kids now specializing on strictly going to play golf or I'm strictly going to play baseball and they burn out. We've seen it in tennis and golf starting to turn that way. I, it, you have to give yourself time. I think it's the mental side that gives yourself, like you said, to fall back in love with it. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Even even now in college where we joke that I have two full-time jobs, you know, we, we're golfers and we're athletes. There's still, you have to have a hobby. You have to have something to just shut those two down and to, to, to get your brain doing something that's not golf and not school because like you said, you'll get so burned out, you'll get so sick of it and, and you really just, I think you need something that keeps it in perspective. You know, for me, I'm, I'm really lucky that I have really great friends, um, some of which are golfers, some of which know nothing about golf, which is amazing because it gives me a chance to, to talk and do something that's not golf. Um, but I do think you need something that just takes you away from it completely. You mentioned hobbies. What are some of your hobbies? I am an avid, avid Netflix watcher. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically reality TV. Um and I, again, I love hanging out with friends and listening to music and, um, I like working out too. And, and that's, that's kind of golf related, but, um, maybe slightly different, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't remember. I don't know if you're in a sorority, but how important is it to have friends outside of the golf team and your eight or 10 teammates? How important to, to learn just to have that a college experience? Absolutely. I think it's so sad when I see or hear about athletes that kind of go through and don't really branch out outside of their team. Um, because you spend so much time with your team anyways. And again, mm-hmm. I love my teammates, but I also, um, I think it's really important to make connections with people that are outside of your team because that is, you know, part of the normal college experience. So I, 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 I feel so sad for people that don't get that opportunity. 
Um, and, and I've been blessed. I have two incredible roommates that aren't on the golf team. One, I, it's actually there's four of us. One is and two aren't. So it's a really nice balance. Um, but we just enjoy each other's company and, um, it's great because they love to talk about things that aren't golf. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true because my daughters played. Mary Langdon played at Mississippi State. Kathleen played at LSU, and they were both Chi Omegas. And, and, what, and those are her, their dear friends to this day, and it made their college experience so much better. Because you, Absolutely. You, I, I would think you just kind of get, like, stuck in a rut if you were just stinking around the same people. And that's part of, that's part of life because you're going to make friends along the way. The friends you had in high school, a lot of times, depending on how big your town is, you, you're not forced to be friends with them. But when you go to college, this is where you make friends and you meet new people. And I think that's so important to that college experience. But we mentioned your mom, Brenda. She was a Wake Forest Hall of Famer, an incredible player. You knew that going in when you went to Wake Forest. What was it like, and how were you able to say, hey, my mom's accomplished this, but I'm Rachel, and I'm going to accomplish my own? How were you able to juggle that? Because it, it had to be tough. I know for my girls, uh, their mom's a 12-time state am champ. I played the tour, won on the tour. That's, that's tricky for, uh, for, for, the, for the kids coming up behind their parents. Yeah, no, for sure. It was actually, it's funny you say that. My mom was the reason that I didn't want to go to Wake Forest. Um, she, she's incredible, but I told her, I was like, Mom, I don't want to go and spend four years in your shadow. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I I stepped on campus, and I still fell in love with it. So um, it's funny how it's all worked out. But, no, it is hard, and I think it was really important for me to feel like I could make Wake Forest like my own school and have my mm-hmm. own experience and not be Brenda Keene's daughter. Um, and, and, and it is hard, but, you know, you just have to find things that, that – make you unique from your parents. Um, and I think that, you know, mom was, was in a sorority and I haven't had that chance, but you know, I, again, I've, I've met so many people outside of golf that it's helped me feel like Wake Forest has been my own experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been so much fun actually, because I think it's given mom the chance also to reconnect with, you know, the Wake Forest community. Um, and, and my dad actually went there too and played baseball there for, for a brief period. So I think it's given both my parents a chance to kind of come back and, um, re-emerge themselves in the Wake Athletic Program. Yeah, because Wake's kind of a small school. It's not a big, you know, 30,000 people on campus. It's a small school, and I think that's important, too. And it's such great tradition there in golf, and, and now with y'all win the national championship. But as you we'll go back to the golf a little bit in the fall, y'all win two or three medal play tournaments. You lose to Stanford there. But you win the tournament at Seminole. How cool was it playing at Seminole? Oh, the golf course was absolutely incredible. Um, what a a really special piece of property mm-hmm. and, and the people, the members there, they were so welcoming and, and so friendly and were so supportive of the event. It was one of my favorite collegiate events, hands down. No, oh, it looked like, and I've played it once. I've been lucky to play it once, but it is a phenomenal place. I haven't done it since been there since they've redone it, but y'all got the experience. And you get to play oh some gosh, really amazing. cool places too. Uh, and I think that's one of the neat things about college golf now. And it's on TV. Uh, it's, you know, a lot, we have six or eight, nine, 10 tournaments on TV. And, and that's one thing I want to ask you, because a lot of kids, when they get there, they're not used to playing in front of cameras or talking to people and doing interviews. How have you adjusted and learned from playing in front of cameras and made that adjustment as you continued on your college career? Yeah, yeah, it, it was a hard adjustment. Um, it was definitely one of those adjustments that I failed the first couple times. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the first time I saw a camera, I was nervously sweating. Um <laughs> And, you know, I just think it's one of those things that the more you're around it, the more you're surrounded by it, the more comfortable you get. Um, I, I mentioned earlier, there is no substitute for experience, and I think that that applies here, too. Um, and I think, you know, it's, I've been really lucky. The AJGA, the American Junior Association, they had us 
talking to the media and doing press conferences and and, and speaking in front of crowds from a really really early age, um, which they actually they they gave me the skills that I feel like I have today to you know to handle the the hard questions at press conferences to you know to make sure I'm thanking the right people um, in any kind of speech or anything like that. Um, I have to completely give the credit to the AJGA and what they do with their junior golfers to prepare them for the next level, whether that's college or whether that's professional golf. Um, I, I think they do a phenomenal job making sure that, that their junior golfers possess those skills. Yeah, a lot of college will prepare them that way. I know at LSU, uh, for Kathleen, when we, she was being recruited there, they have like a set where people, all the athletes get to learn and, and learn to do those things because – it's intimidating at first because uh, you know there's, it is. you're watching people. You know you know people are listening to you, but now you got to hit a shot in front of them. Uh, and I and I think with the NCAA's, I just I, when I was coming back just from the men's, how many people were glued to the TVs for two weeks? They never left it, and in that intensity and and the and the way y'all were able to prepare and get ready and come out there and, and reach that goal, I, I think it's just amazing where college golf has how good you all are. Uh, and we'll get into, like, the preparation. You mentioned Coach Llewellyn and Potter. How did they prepare you? Y'all didn't win the ACC like you wanted to, but you had to go to regionals. You had to set back up. Uh, how did they prepare you throughout the season and then get ready for postseason? Yeah, our, our coaches, they actually did a really great job. We had a meeting at the very, very beginning of the year um, back in August. And basically our meeting kind of took the, the mindset of we are going to practice not with the next tournament in mind, but with Greyhawk in mind. Mm. Um, you know, we're not going to set up, you know, a driver test based off the next tournament. We're going to narrow the fairway like Greyhawk is going to be. Um, and, and, you know, Ryan is really big into the into stats. So he kind of deep took a deep dive into all of our stats from the NCAA's last couple years um, to figure out, you know, where we can improve. Because um, we, we obviously we didn't have the results we had hoped for the last two years. So um, he kind of took the analytical approach, and Coach is really great with, like, the big ideas, and, and they complemented each other so well. But, but our practices were very much geared towards, okay, this is what we need to do to be successful at Greyhawk. And that was always the goal. It was never, okay, well, we need to win Stevens Cup, or we need mm-hmm. to win Landfall, or we need to win whatever. It was always how do we prepare for a national championship. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and 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 it's all credit to, to my coaches again because there's there's not many coaches in the game that will be able to take that mindset. It's a, it's no. an incredibly mature, incredibly professional mindset to take, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, because you want to go win the next tournament and you want to be prepared for whatever, but it, it takes a certain type of person to be able to have the perspective that they have. And you're um, playing different golf was, courses too, because desert golf is completely different than what you're playing on the East Coast or in the South. It is so different, um, and that was one of the hardest parts of, of National Week was trying to figure out, okay, how do we adjust? You know, the ball's flying further, and the temperature's changing more throughout the day, and the elevation's different, so how do we adjust? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it is hard to East Coast team, but um, I think it's, you know, anyone that shows up there except for, you know, Arizona State maybe because it's their home golf course, everyone has to make some kind of adjustment. Yeah, but, for, you know, we always, you know, when we went to Greyhawk, everybody says, well, the West Coast teams are going to win, and it's an advantage to Arizona and Arizona State's. The pressure was on them too to make it, and I love Missy Kay. She's one of the best coaches, and I and her her team didn't get out of regionals, and it was it was tough. I mean, I, I called her, and it was hard. I, we talked for, yeah. I gave her two or three days, and she was disappointed. Not to her credit, she came out and followed the men, and and so did some of the players because that, that, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to support it. But that was tough not being able to play there. 
but but y'all made that adjustments and we talked about Greyhawk. What an incredible place that you know the wind can blow, the greens can firm up, it gets to 100 degrees, uh, and, and you're dealing with yeah. all the different stuff. And, and and you know I think one of the cool things is, or one of the toughest things is such a long week. How do you pace yourself when you got four rounds of metal play and then in the next two days you're going to play three different uh, rounds of match play? How do you how do you kind of pace yourself? Uh, it has to be part of the workout that you all do throughout the season, doesn't it? Yeah. Again, we're very fortunate that we have coaches that keep things in perspective. So like you said, our workouts were geared towards, okay, how do we make sure that our endurance is up to, to maintain that week? Um, but I also I do think that you know, it was helpful for us. We went over there and we traded down East Coast time. So we knew we were going to have the 6-10 G time the second day. Mm-hmm. So we needed to make sure we were getting in bed way earlier than you thought you needed to because you're getting up at 4 in the morning the next day. And, um, you know, a lot of our girls would go take cold showers after the rounds to make sure your body's recovered. Our coaches, yeah. <laughs> our, our, our director of ops actually ended up going to the – the local Walmart or whatever they got and got some kiddie pools and some ice and we took ice baths in these kiddie pools. Um, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, we're very lucky that we have such a support system that will go above and beyond whatever we need. Um, but you know, it's, it's, you have to make sure that you're physically recovered and then, you know, mentally you need to be able to, to reset because especially once you get to match play it, every day is a brand new day and you have to go up and you have to have your A game every single match. That's what was um, so impressive for Mimi Rhodes because I got to follow her Tuesday, and I was worried about her. I really was. I know she got sick Monday, yeah. uh, but you're right. I mean, that that was a gutsy performance from that young lady to be able to come back from Monday being so tired and then playing twice on Tuesday and then Wednesday. Uh, it had to be yeah. the ice baths and the stuff you all did to, to get back going again. Absolutely. You know, we were all so worried about her after Monday. She ended up going to the hospital for an IV. And then, you know, we, we all told her, we're like, Mimi, you need to take care of yourself because tomorrow we're hopefully playing 36 holes. And what an absolute performance from her to go out. And I think she won all three of her matches in match mm-hmm. play, which is incredible. And um, to, to put a point on the board, specifically I'm thinking of the semifinals when yep. it was really down to her match. You know, there was one more match behind her that was tied on 18, but, you know, she knew she needed that point and to be able to just grind it out you know, it's a testament to the work that she put in and just how tough she is. She really is a tough cookie. Yeah, well, I because I when we when we interviewed her, she was delirious, and that's when I said, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> she was, and I was like, I'm delirious too, and I've been through what you've been through. But you know, yeah. you, you mentioned you get through the medal play, you are third third seed, and then you go up against Florida State, a team you're very familiar with. Does that help mm-hmm. to play a team that you're used that you understand, you've played against, and you know kind of their games, especially in match play? Medal play is probably a little bit different. Does it help to maybe play a team you're used to being with? Yeah, you know, I it was hard because I we all knew that they really wanted to beat us because we were we were the ones that knocked them out of the ACC tournament last year. Mm. Um, so there was definitely, you know, we love the girls on that team, but there's mm-hmm. definitely a, a competitiveness and almost a rivalry, right? Because you're both in the ACC, and you know, you kind of want to be that team, um, specifically on on the stage of, of the NCAA's, but. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily know if it if it helped knowing their team, but I, it just made it a little more competitive, I think, 
Yeah, which is which is true. I mean, Florida had to play Florida State, and that's an in-state. That's not a, that's not a conference. That's a, you know, that's yeah. A, that's a that's in the men's side. That that was an amazing match too, because Florida State had them beat mm-hmm. Florida. Come back, Florida. I don't know how they ended up winning that, and it was just amazing. <laughs> and they don't they had know how, a great week. I watched. Yeah, them. I don't. I don't know you that they knew. Glued to the TV. I was glued to the TV. How could you not be? Because I'm sitting there going extra holes. I said, boys, let's just finish at 18. I'm getting tired now. Come on, let's just. But it was, <laughs> it was amazing. And and then you go up against the SEC champs and. Texas A&M, who's a very tough team, uh, and, and they made it to the semis last year. And, and, and you got to that final goal to get to the finals. And you mentioned preparation. So you're done, at, as I remember, you're 7 or 8 o'clock finishing up. Now you don't tee off to 2. What's the night before a national championship final? What's that like for you all as a competitor? Yeah, I think there's a lot of um, you know bonding that happens within the team. We have a team dinner. We have a team meeting. Um, and we're just hanging out. And I think everyone kind of then takes time for themselves to kind of regroup, think through the golf course, and to get themselves in the right mindset. Because the last thing you want to do is either dwell on the previous day that you've had because there's nothing to do about any of that. And on the flip side, you also don't want to kind of um, – hype yourself up too much you know you don't Mm -hmm. want to start getting into your emotions too much where you're like oh my gosh i'm playing for national championship whatever whatever you just kind of have to go and take care of business and you know approach with the mindset of okay what can i do to control my match right now and and you know when you get on that first tee it's okay you're gonna hit the best tee shot you can but i think that there's a fine line of staying in the present moment um that i think each of us again we were luckily able to to kind of tiptoe that line um and, and, and again, that win on Wednesday was, it still feels like a dream. Oh yeah. Without giving out too many, uh, you know, tips that you already have and but the different mindset from metal play to match play, what are some of the keys for our young pl- players out there listening who are starting to play match play? What are some of the keys that you could give them advice you could give them in, in preparing and playing in match play? Yeah, I think two things. Um, I think your strategy shouldn't change just because it's match play, just because you're playing an opponent instead of the golf course. Um, I was always told that in stroke play, you're trying to give yourself the best chance of birdie anyways. So Mm -hmm. why would that change for match play? Um, So that's one. And then two, I would say you always want to make sure that you're in position. You know, your goal in match play is to hit 14 fairways and 18 greens. Mm -hmm. If you do that, you have put so much pressure on your opponent that they feel like they have to create something. Right. Um, in order to win golf holes. So if you can, the least, the least amount of golf holes that you can give away, the better. <laughs> yeah, giving away, I think that's the thing. You, you don't mind lo- get, getting beat. It's when you give away shots. It's just like anything else. Exactly. I think that's the hardest thing for young players. And now you've been experiencing it and you've had a ton of experience. But I believe you got one more year uh, of eligibility, a COVID year, and you're going to get your master's, I believe I read. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. Yep. I, I told Coach, I said, you're going to have to put up with me for one more year. And um, I, I'm excited, and I, I hope they're excited too. But yeah, I, I couldn't couldn't stay away. Oh, you're they're excited. Trust me, and I know you're glad you went to Wake Forest <laughs> too. But uh, what's up next? I think the Palmer Cup's uh, coming up next week. Uh, when this podcast come out, you'll be already there. Tell us about that, where it is, and uh, what you're looking forward to, uh, for that week. Yeah, I'm headed up to Palmer Cup next, which is up at Laurel Valley in Pittsburgh. Mm. Uh, and I am so excited. I Palmer Cup is one of my favorite weeks of the year it's just so much fun and obviously there's a lot on the line representing your country on any stage is incredible but uh, i always really get uh enjoy getting to play with the boys because that doesn't get to happen very mm-hmm. much anymore 
So um, I, I always make some really great friends and some really great connections. So I'm very excited for that week and excited to get it kicked off. What's your summer like uh, schedule-wise? Schedule-wise, um, yeah, it's, it's actually it's, it's not bad. Um, from Palmer Cup, I've headed. I actually got a, a start at an LPGA event, which I'm really excited for. Okay. Um, where's that going to be? Then, pardon? Where you go, where's the LPGA event? It's in Michigan, um, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I'm, I'm excited awesome. for that. And then I'll take a, a about a month off of competitive golf. I got a couple friends getting married this summer, which is crazy that that's already here. And yep. then um, a family trip to Scotland planned, which should be a ton of fun. And then um, I'll head to the USAM at the end of the summer. Awesome. You know what? I can't thank you enough for being with us. And I guess what? You're going to have a birthday coming up on June 10th, aren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, 22. I can't believe I'm Oh, my gosh, you're getting already. old. You're getting ancient. You're getting you're over the hill already. But <laughs> I'm going to wish you an early happy birthday, and I'm going to thank you for being with us. Good luck at the Palmer Cup the rest of the summer, uh, and and I can't wait to, to keep up and watch you. You've been so much fun to keep up with and, and, and follow, and and you just I, I'm just so happy for you and everyone at Wake Forest winning that national championship. Well, thank you, and thank you so much. This has been so fun, so it's, thank you for having me on. It's be great. And tell your mom I said hello. Oh, I will. I will. All right. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Well, how cool is that? If you don't like Rachel King, you get a look in the mirror. What a great uh, young lady, an incredible player, the accomplishments. Just go, you know, go Google Rachel King and look what she's accomplished. And we, we could, like I said, spend uh, so long talking about that. But uh, glad to have her on there, wishing her good luck at the Palmer Cup and the rest of the teams there, the young players. Uh, it's always great to represent your country. I got to do it once in the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup, and it's no greater feeling to, to watch the red, white, and blue and, and the national anthem being played. It's just an incredible honor. Uh, one thing I want to remember, whether it's life or golf, you only have one shot. you got to make it count. Uh, and I appreciate everybody with us or uh, being with us tonight. And uh, uh, until next time, I'm Jim Gallagher Jr. And we'll see you later. Here we go.